The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease, but these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it be live or on demand. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And today, we have a practitioner who teaches her clients how to nourish and regenerate on several levels, Luna Page Smith. Luna works with clients to enhance their mind-body-heart connection through the use of hypnotherapy, mindfulness practices, and intuitive lifestyle consulting, she helps align people with their own inner wisdom as the guiding force of their life. And we will discuss each of these techniques that she uses today. She believes this is the core of cultivating habit change, stress reduction, enhanced vitality, personal empowerment, and spiritual growth. She has authored a healthy living cookbook called Nourished, and has years of experience living in supportive communities and working at retreat facilities like the Asalen Institute and now Alternavida in Puerto Rico. Her website is nourishedbylife.com. Welcome to the show, Luna. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Sandra. It's great to be with you today. Wonderful. Now let's get started by talking about your personal journey. I've found that for many holistic healers, what they do is not just a job, but a calling. They feel compelled to share something with the world, perhaps something significant that they learned from personal experience. What brought you to this profession? Great question. Um, Well, I, I think what brought me to this profession and to this ongoing inquiry into what it means to live a truly nourishing life had a lot to do with my own personal struggles with feeling at home in the world and comfortable in my own skin and and just fulfilled on a deeper level as a human being. And, um, you know, I think I came into this life as a pretty sensitive person, um, both energetically and emotionally. And, um, I, I have a very sensitive nervous system and a pretty busy and overactive mind. And so, you know, pretty early on, I came up with good coping strategies for that. And for the most part, I think I came across as a pretty well-adjusted person on the outside. Um, but on the inside, I, I felt pretty unsettled. And, um, you know, when I look back over over the years, I think I, I really struggled at certain points with feeling disconnected from myself and from my life. And uh, I think that, you know, part of what was going on for me is that I had this deep sense of hunger inside that it seemed I could never quite satisfy no matter, 
you know, how much I consumed, so to speak. And so I think, ironically, that hunger um, sent me searching for more uh, out in the world, um, you know, asking bigger questions and searching for more. And that ultimately put me on my own um, inner healing path and sort of opened me up to the work that I'm doing today. And, you know, I really think that we all want to be happy and we want to be at peace in life. And in order to realize that, we need to have enough space inside ourselves to be able to sense and and, um, feel into what feeds us at the deepest levels of our being. Uh, You know, we live in a world that's extremely stimulating and um, can be very distracting. And I think it can leave a lot of us feeling uh, a bit disconnected from ourselves on the inside and uh, disconnected from our own internal guidance. And, you know, with everything so complex in our world and the pressure to kind of keep up that fast pace, we're losing touch with what's essential in ourselves and our world. And I think that this disconnection creates a lack of of mindfulness or discernment regarding how we live and the choices that we're making. And um, and so there's a there's a kind of a collective malnourishment in that, uh, if you will. So, you know, I think we all experience that on some level or another. That feeling of um, kind of like a subtle starving for a sense of fulfillment that you know, in essence, I think has very little to do with quantity or having more or even, you know, the quick fix of some instant gratification. And I really believe it has almost everything to do with the quality of our moment-to-moment experience in life and also our capacity to um, sustain our happiness or our contentment. Yes, I I agree with that. When we're cut off from that ability to, to naturally relate to life, I in a generative and, you know, nourishing way, I think that we walk around feeling pretty hungry. So that's kind of a long-winded um, answer to the question, but, you know, over the last two decades of, of my own experience and training, I've, I've come to this work and I'm really passionate about supporting others and discovering for themselves what it means to live um, mindfully and in the most nourishing ways possible. Totally agree with everything that you just said, Uh, especially the part where you mentioned that a lot of people may be hungry and may be searching for something. And I think it's interesting that for some people, this can happen at various stages of their existence. It can happen very early on. Or, for example, the guest that I had on last week, his name is Adam C. Hall, and he talked about how he had accomplished a great deal professionally and financially, climbed this huge mountain, uh, so to speak, and got to the top and realized, wow, I am still very unfulfilled. So I absolutely agree with you that people need more nourishment on more levels to feel very fulfilled. Now, you've trained in several different modalities to be able to do this work. Can you describe your credentials and all the learning that you've done up to this point? Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, I've had experience living in um, 
living in uh, supportive communities and uh, retreat centers such as Esalen Institute and now Alternavida um, in Puerto Rico. And during my time at Esalen Institute in Big Sur, California, I studied a variety of healing modalities to integrate the mind-body-heart connection. So I trained in therapeutic body work, healthy nutrition and food preparation, somatic counseling and group therapy work, um, and also meditation and mindfulness practices and and yoga. Um, And that kind of kicked it off for me, and then I went on to study conscious life coaching through the Hendricks Institute and family constellations therapy with the Relational Constellations Institute, both of which are in California. And during that time as well, I started my own my own business called Luna's Kitchen, and I provided health-supportive private cooking and healthy lifestyle consulting um, in the California area mainly. And in addition to that, um, I've, I've trained in um, hypnotherapy um, from the Ashland School of Hypnotherapy in Southern Oregon, and I'm a lifelong student and practitioner of meditation and, and Tibetan Buddhism. Um, so I, I weave all of those elements together uh, in working with people. I weave them together in my own personal practice in life, and they definitely all play their own um, role in how I present my material to my clients and work with my clients. Okay, that's a very impressive set of credentials. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I'd like to touch upon each of them in the upcoming segments and get started with hypnotherapy. And we've presented that modality before on this show several weeks ago with a practitioner, Tammy Carpenter, who talked about how she uses it to help people change habits, overcome phobias, and for past life regression work. Now, how do you use it? How do you help your clients evolve using hypnotherapy? Well, um, you know, my clients come to me with all kinds of issues. It can be, you know, self-esteem issues, life purpose issues, stress and anxiety, um, health-related issues, uh, weight issues, you know, you name it. But I think underneath all of their particular presenting problems, they all seem to share a common desire. And that, um, you know, not to oversimplify it, but I think most of them, when you distill it down, people want peace. They want peace with themselves and they want greater peace with uh, their life circumstances. So um, that's a big part of how I work with people. I, I really help them. Um, to connect inwardly and find their own wisdom and inner peace and resolution. Um, one of the things I love so much about hypnotherapy and also how it differs um, from traditional psychology is that it helps people focus less on the problem and more on the desired goal or outcome. So I use hypnotherapy to help my clients move beneath and beyond their problem state and into their own deep wisdom and creativity. And then from from there, they're able to discover key insights and resources for their personal growth and for change to occur. 
Interesting. So how does that work? How does hypnotherapy help them get to that point? Are you asking them questions and guiding them while they're in a hypnotized state? Yeah. So, you know, in a session, the session usually begins with um, what I would probably call um, meditative absorption or or mindfulness practice right off the bat. So it's really about, um, you know, allowing them to settle in and settle down and um, shift out of the the thinking part of their mind, you know, where often that's where the problem is held and drop into a deeper state of their consciousness where they can um, tune into that that inner wisdom, that part that um, is open to an infinite field of possibilities. And then from there, usually... um, I guide them through um, through an inner journey where they are able to um, use their own inner wisdom and knowing uh, to meet guides and um, you know potentially uh, get information from animal spirits, guides, uh, ancestors, um, and it's really a beautiful uh, way to work with people because it's. It's engaging their imagination. It's engaging that deeper part of themselves that has everything that they need on the inside. I really do believe that everyone has all of their own answers. And so I'm really just there to create a safe space and to create a positive rapport with my clients um, and help them relax into that deeper part of themselves so that they can make um, their own discoveries and to start to shift their um, attention and awareness more and more towards uh, what it is that they most want, be it peace or um, or uh, more positivity or if there's a habit that needs to change. I think, you know, the habit has an, has an easier time to, um, to kind of unknot itself or, you know, shift if we first get to that baseline of finding some peace and some rapport with ourselves. Interesting. That's very fascinating. Yeah, this is clearly a very powerful modality. And thank you for that description. And that brings us to our first break. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to mindfulness-based life coach, Luna Page-Smith. Stay tuned for more great stuff with our special guest. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. 
GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we are talking to mindfulness-based life coach Luna Page-Smith about nourishing the mind, body, and heart. In the last segment, we discussed how Luna uses the powerful modality of hypnotherapy to help her clients journey inward and find their own intrinsic wisdom, which they can then use to live life in a way that fulfills their highest purpose. As we discussed in our previous show about hypnotherapy, it is a powerful modality that allows you to bypass your thinking mind and work more with the deeper parts of your mind. So it's amazing stuff and really shouldn't be associated with the show that occurs in Vegas, for example. We just want to establish that once again. It's it's very powerful stuff. Now, Luna, let's delve into the mindfulness aspect of your work, and let's start at square one. Can you define what mindfulness is and why it's such a good thing to live in a mindful state? Yeah, well, you know, Sandra, I guess in the simplest terms, mindfulness means paying attention um, in a particular way on purpose. In, uh, in the present moment and, and without judgment. So, in my opinion, I think mindfulness is a great thing because it invites us to slow down and simply be with life as it is, moment to moment. And when you can really get to that place of slowing down and paying attention, it can be a very peaceful and relaxing experience and, and deeply nourishing, if, if you will, so... Um, you know, I think if we can meet our experience without thinking that we need to add anything to it or take anything away, then there's some real freedom in that. I would absolutely agree. Yes. And living in the present eliminates so much of the worry that can happen about 
what could occur in the future or what already happened in the past that can't be changed. So mindfulness, being mindful, I found is just a much more refreshing way to live. It just takes away a lot of the self-imposed stress and worry that we have. Mm -hmm. But it's so easy not to be mindful and to get wrapped up in the distractions and the worry. So how do you help your clients learn to live mindfully? Well, basically, um, I help my clients live more mindfully by, you know, first and foremost, I invite them to meet themselves and whatever their presenting issues are with as much compassion and curiosity as possible. So, you know, a mindfulness practice is called that because it's a practice. It's a lifelong practice that we're, you know, if we choose it, we're all engaged in it. You know, it's a, it's our, our lives are provide all the material we need to learn how to be more mindful. And so, um, and they provide all the, you know, all the material we need to be very challenged too. And so I think it's important to, um, when we're embarking on this journey to be more mindful, that we have patience with ourselves and that we, um, you know, that we're kind to ourselves and loving to ourselves and, and to our lives as well, you know, to really be able to accept where we are in our, in our lives and whatever our particular challenges are. And, and I think also to add, to, to bring a, um, along the vein of, of curiosity, to, to really bring that childlike wonder to our process of being more mindful and being more awake in our lives. Um, I like yeah, I like what you said about the childlike wonder. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, um, to, to be more specific, or I could give you some more specific examples of how I might engage someone in that, one of my clients in that way of, you know, inviting them to play a bit more. Um, oh, please do. I, I will actually give them different exercises or, you know, homework, so to speak, or techniques that they can um, work with on a daily basis to help them practice mindfulness and to kind of get into more of that um, curiosity and, and playfulness. So, for example, I might, I might suggest that um, they set a timer on their phone for every hour and to do this maybe for a week where every hour or every two hours their timer goes off. And the timer is almost like... Um, it's almost like a temple bell, if you will. It's a, it's a reminder that when they hear that, whatever they're doing, wherever they are, they just pause for a moment and presence themselves, take a breath, pay attention, notice what they're, maybe what they're thinking, where their thoughts were, and then, you know, create some ritual around that that's fun for them, that helps them move in, in the direction that they want to be moving. So let's say someone has Self, some self-esteem issues and they're really trying to um, shift uh, away from this kind of unconscious negative self-talk that they've been catching themselves in. So when they hear that, that bell, that, you know, the timer goes off, it's their opportunity to stop, pause, observe, and then um, say one thing nice to themselves or think of one thing that's positive that they can appreciate and, you know, take that moment to just 
play with themselves and play with their with their issues in in a in a more positive way. Well, that's a wonderful idea. I really like that. So it's basically by doing that, you're training them to think differently and ultimately develop a habit so that eventually they may not even need that alarm to go off every hour or two. It will just be more of an ingrained behavior that they will remember to go ahead, stop, take a breath, say something nice to themselves, do something a little fun like that. So that's that's really brilliant. Now, meditation is also a a wonderful practice for living more in the present. How do you use that as well with your clients? Well, I I think meditation is is key. It's really important. It plays a big role in my own life. I I have a daily meditation practice, and um, I really encourage my clients to um, create a practice for themselves as well. I, I think it, it uh, even if it's just five or 15 minutes, you know, at the beginning of your day, you start out your morning, um, it can make such a huge difference because it really sets the tone for your entire day. So, um, so as I said, I, I really do encourage my clients to create a practice of their own, and I um, that's part of how I work with my clients is I help them to establish that for themselves if they, you know if they need some guidance in that direction. And, you know, it's different for different people. Everybody has to find their way, you know. Some people are fine with sitting still, so a sitting practice is perfect for them, but other people have a hard time sitting still. So yoga or tai chi or a walking meditation would be, you know, more appropriate for them. Yeah, I've found for me that a guided meditation works really well, that maybe eventually I'll be able to sit and meditate by myself, but I really enjoy meditations by Deepak Chopra, for example. I I love Mm -hmm. his guided meditations because uh, he will pick a theme, for example, and he does this with Oprah a lot. They have a lot of these meditation experiences that are free, For the first three weeks that they're available, they send you a reminder into your inbox. You can just log on, listen to the meditation, and he guides you through using pleasant music, um, positive thoughts, uh, all this stuff. And that really helps me. So are there some guided meditations out there that you would recommend or books that people can read to learn more about it if they're just beginning? Well, you know, I... Uh, on my website, I I will be having some audios of different guided meditations that people can, you know, just get on the website, free audios that they can listen to. Um, I'm a little slow with technology, so um, that's in the works. But I would say in the next week or so, I'll have um, some nice meditations up for people to listen to. And oftentimes, if I'm working with a client, I will... Um, record something for them. If we work on a meditation that I'm teaching them in the session, I'll record that for them so that they can take it home and then continue to listen to it and bring it into their practice. Um, So, and, you know, the Internet is such a great resource. Like you said, the Deepak Chopra meditations are wonderful. Um, There's also a meditation um, that I recently heard about by... David Pramal and Nitin, a couple who um, are 
beautiful. Uh, they uh, provide music, uh, devotional music, and then they also um, they also offer the meditation uh, course. It's a course that they offer as well. Oh, wonderful! Can you repeat their names one more time? Deva Premal and Mitten. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of guided meditations. And perhaps for many other people who are just beginning, that would be a really good way to ease into it. So thank you Definitely. for making those recommendations. Thank you for that. And that actually brings us to our next break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to mindfulness-based life coach, Luna Page Smith. And in the next segment, we're going to delve into her cookbook, which is called Nourished, which I've taken a look at, and it's wonderful. Stay close, and we'll be back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called holdtreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we are talking to mindfulness-based life coach Luna Page Smith about nourishing the mind, body, and heart. Up to this point, we've discussed the work that Luna does primarily with the mind in the form of hypnotherapy and mindfulness practice and how powerful these modalities are for self-transformation. Now let's move on to the body, 
which is an important piece of the healing puzzle because it's where we assimilate nutrition from the food that we eat. And Luna, as she mentioned, is also a healthy foods chef and has published a wonderful cookbook called Nourished, The Art of Eating and Living Well, which is available on her website, nourishedbylife.com and amazon.com. And Luna, in the introduction to your book, you say that the quality of our food, where it comes from, and the care and consciousness with which it's grown and prepared are essential to the health and well-being of ourselves and the planet. And I'd say this is beautifully written and pretty much the mantra of what is described as the food movement, which is basically a fired-up group that realizes the connection between the highly profitable, long-shelf-life junk food in the grocery store and the nation's resulting junk health which in turn is profitable to the medical establishment. So there are some issues with the food supply for sure. And what's your greatest concern about the so-called standard American diet? And how does Nourished address that? Well, my biggest concern about the standard American diet is that it's really keeping people in a cycle of suffering and disease and and. Uh, dissatisfaction, and oh, it yeah. really doesn't. Have, yeah, it doesn't need to be that way. Um, it it is, you know, sad because there's really nothing nourishing or wholesome about overprocessed, denatured, toxic foods. But you know, many people can't see that because they're valuing convenience over quality. You know, um, as I was saying earlier in the show, just how. Uh, a lot of times we're just trying to keep up with the fast pace of our lives and the complexity of our lives. And so, you know, the whole world is um, adhering to that, you know, uh, as a norm. And so uh, all of the products uh, are designed to, you know, whether it's technology or it's our food, uh, you know, everything's designed to keep us keeping up with the pace and disconnected from what's really nourishing. And so... Um, and so my whole, you know, um, enthusiasm for creating the cookbook was to help reconnect people with the goodness that the earth has to offer and, um, and to do it in a very, uh, accessible, friendly user, you know, user friendly way, I guess you could say. Um, so it's, it's a beautiful collection of simple, healthy easy-to-follow everyday recipes, and, you know, I've mixed in some practical insights and information um, to help people along their way. And so, you know, it it appeals to um, people who are already on that track and who are uh, healthy foodies. It can appeal to, you know, them as well as people that are just starting to... um, you know, ask questions and realize that they want to start eating healthier and they need something to um, get them started. That's right. Yeah, I would agree with you that the standard American diet is not nourishing and that your cookbook does use a lot of just fresh, fresh ingredients combined in a way which isn't very complicated. So it is good for everyday use for Mm -hmm. sure. And the other thing about your cookbook is that it's gluten-free. Now, why do you think eliminating gluten is important? 
Um, well, you know, if you if you look around at most of the menus when you go out to eat, um, and you know what the standard fare is, it's a lot of glutinous stuff. It's pizzas and sandwiches and hamburger buns and donuts and pastries and pasta and um, just a lot of gluten out there. And um, I'm not entirely against gluten, but I do think that um, it's a little or a lot overused and it's actually pretty hard for the system to digest if we're eating it three meals a day. So, you know, for, for me personally, I... I don't have a high intolerance, but I have somewhat of an intolerance. And I just noticed that when I don't eat a lot of gluten, I feel so much better. And um, in a lot of the work that I've been doing over the years with my clients, uh, more and more people have started to uh, become aware of, of gluten and the effects that it has on their bodies and on their minds, too, their ability to focus and pay attention um, and even on their nervous systems, their stress levels when they're eating more gluten. Um, so I just think everyone, you know, could stand to um, back off of the gluten a bit and go for, you know, whole grains, beautiful whole grains like quinoa, brown rice, millet, amaranth, all of those, you know, just substituting that out here and there for um, the pasta and the, you know, the breads with the sandwiches and things like that, you know. Yes. And there are some other books out there that really delve into this topic. For example, Grain Brain by Dr. David mm-hmm. Perlmutter. He really gets into uh, what's going on with gluten and especially with children, how yeah. important it is to remove a lot of the uh, low-quality starches and gluten from their diet and how that affects their mental health, especially, just like you said, uh, attention and attention deficit yes. disorder in kids. So this is definitely something worth pursuing. I know I don't think I'm super sensitive to gluten, but uh, just as a matter of practice, I've tried to eliminate it as much as possible. And so this cookbook has so many delicious recipes in there that facilitate that. That, that it's just right. wonderful. And you also yeah. said, yep, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, if you have something else. Well, it, you know, it's, it's um, I try to make it so playful and appealing that it's not really about, you know, being denied something like, oh, no, I can't have my gluten out. It opens up a whole new world of, of other possibilities of wonderful foods to work into your, your everyday menus. And, uh, and, you know, when we have more choices and we don't, we're not always going for the pizza or the sandwich and, you know, making, making choices that it can be a little healthier for the body, too. That's right. And you also provided some guidance in the beginning of Nourish about goat and sheep dairy versus cow dairy and how you prefer the goat and sheep dairy. Why is that? Well, um... It's easier to digest for a lot of people, and the reason for that is because it's naturally homogenized, and it's also, um, it's actually closer to human mother's milk than cow's milk. Um, So oftentimes people who are lactose intolerant can actually handle 
uh, you know, a fair amount of goat or sheep dairy over cow dairy. Um, so that can open up a whole, you know, a whole new world for people who might normally not be able to have any cheese, any yogurt, any, you know, anything like that. Um, and the other reason why I, I like to um, support goat and sheep dairy consumption is because usually it's sourced from small farm operations and um, that makes it more likely, you know, when they're smaller operations for them to be named certified so they're treating their animals well and, and it's sustainably produced on the smaller farm operations. So it's good, you know, that it's kinder to the animals and it's kinder to the planet. That's an excellent point. Uh, yeah, one of my soapboxes on this show is about factory farming and how harmful those operations are to the millions of animals involved, pretty much downright abusive to them, abusive to the workers, horrific for the environment and the communities where they're located. So that is an excellent point that going for goat and sheep dairy products allows you to bypass a lot of those operations. And I've just, after reading your cookbook, I started looking for more goat, sheep, and dairy products and have found them in some Mm -hmm. just local health food stores. They're actually quite available. And the sheep milk yogurt that I recently purchased, it's delicious. It really doesn't Mm -hmm. taste that much different from the cow's milk yogurt. Yeah, they, there's so many great products out there now. And, you know, again, just to circle back around and say, they're usually from small farm operations. And yes. so people who do this work, um, they, they, they have an intimate relationship with their animals. They're very, um, they're very passionate about what they're doing. And um, there's a lot of quality and love and consciousness that goes into their, their products and um, and I pay attention to that, you know, it's like a, uh, any chance I can get to get a little extra love packed in, you know, I'll take it. That's a great point. Yes. And you also have some other good pointers in your cookbook about good oils and fats. Uh, we don't have a lot of time to talk about that right now, but I just want to note that that is in there. And I think that's also becoming increasingly important. Again, in Dr. Perlmutter's book, Grain Brain, he talks a lot about how important fats and even cholesterol are for brain health. So the, yeah, the low fat diet craze uh, of Mm -hmm. the past couple of decades is just pretty much been thoroughly debunked at this point as being unhealthy for the body. It's not going to help you to lose weight. Uh, It's going to put your brain in a state which is very unhealthy and starved for the nutrients it needs uh, to maintain health uh, long into your life. So it's really great that you included that as well. Yeah, that's a a great point. I'm glad that you bring that up. You know, I think that that we need fat. You know, we need healthy fats in our diet. So, and there's a misconception about that. Um, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. And, uh, and you know, it's important to, to also be aware of where our oils are coming from, try to get organic oil whenever possible. And, um, you know, because oftentimes the oils can be rancid and, um, 
and not properly processed. And so I, I, you know, I tend to pay attention to that as well. So it's a combination of don't take the good fats and oils out because the body and the brain needs them and also pay attention to the quality of oils that you're bringing into your diet because um, some of them, if they're not processed well and also if they're not organic, can, can be a bit toxic for the system. Great points. Wonderful points. Yes. And again, if you're interested in checking out Luna's cookbook, it's called Nourished. And that brings us to our final break for today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to mindfulness-based life coach, Luna Page Smith. See you on the flip side for some more discussion about Luna's work. Thank you. Okay. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I am your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we're talking to mindfulness-based life coach, Luna Page Smith about nourishing the mind, body, and heart. And we covered a lot of grounds in the previous segments, specifically about nourishing the mind and body, but we have not yet touched on nourishing the heart. So Luna, how does one go about doing that? How do you work on nourishing the heart more specifically? Well, I I think having a practice, um, a gratitude practice, is one great way to nourish the heart. So, um, you know, when when we're really focusing on what it is in our lives that is working and good and that we appreciate and value the blessings, um, it's great food for the heart. It, um, it strengthens the heart and it helps us stay connected with that part of ourselves and to feel... Um, you know, to be able to recognize how um, 
how we are supported in our lives and the things in our lives that are really nourishing for us. Um, so, you know, I mean, there, there's been times in my life, um, well, you know, I, I think back to a time in my life where I kept a gratitude journal and I, I kind of forced myself to do so at a time where it was a pretty challenging time with a traditional, uh, transitional, excuse me, time in my life. Um, and I, I kept a journal, I kept a gratitude journal and every night before bed I would, uh, I would take, you know, 15 minutes and just write what I was grateful for and it, um, it can help the heart, you know, it can help, um, mend heartbreaks. It can, um, you know, just help you stay focused on the goodness and the, uh, the good in life and the good things. Um, so gratitude, yeah, I would say gratitude is really important. And then also another G, I'll just add generosity. I think uh. when we can be generous, you know, with ourselves and also, um, with the world and other people, that's really great fuel for the heart and nourishment for the heart. Wonderful. Gratitude and generosity. Okay, two G words. Now let's talk about the L word, love. So how do you define love, which would also be very important for the heart, I would imagine. And why do you think it's important to live in a loving state? Um, so to define love, um, well, let's see. You know, love, love is pretty limitless, so it's a little hard in a way to define it. But, um, but I think to me, uh, love is, is about allowing. And it's... Um, it's an unconditional acceptance. It's a way of, you know, meeting life, meeting ourselves, meeting each other um, with compassion and with an unconditional acceptance and kindness and care. And I think it's important to live um, as much as we can from that place because when we're operating from a loving state, we're not harming ourselves or others or the world. If there's a desire, you know, to, to help and to serve and to take care, um, to me that, that really is living in a loving state. And, you know, could you imagine if everyone were, were really um, practicing, practicing that and living that um, more than not, you know, being kind and unconditionally accepting what a different world we would be living in. That's right. It would definitely be a, a different world. Yeah. And my understanding also of love is that it's a very powerful force because it's just a higher vibration than just about anything else, especially the negative emotions that we may feel. And operating in that higher state, if you will, uh, it, it makes your life better on the inside because you're feeling something which is very healthy and nourishing, but also it improves your life on the outside because you are co-creating more positive things in your life by living in that state. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. I think that it's um, it can it can be contagious. And so we should, you know, if we're, if we're going to spread anything around to each other, it should be more love, you know, infect each other with more kindness and, and more love and let it continue to grow and flourish. 
Absolutely. Now, we only have a few minutes left until the close of the show. Can you remind us of your contact information again? Yes, my website is nourishbylife.com. And yeah, you have, go go ahead, sorry. And I can also um, be reached by email, and my email address is heartofcreation at gmail.com. Very good. And like we mentioned before, your cookbook is available on your website also. And do you have any announcements you'd like to make? Any events coming up? I know that you just finished up a retreat at Alternavita, for example. What's next for you? Well, I'm uh, this Saturday I'm kicking off a meditation series uh, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'll be teaching um, and guiding a group meditation class Saturday mornings. Um, and that starts this Saturday, April 25th. Um, there's more information about that on the website, nourishedbylife.com. That sounds great. Uh, I will also be offering a, um, a sweet little evening event um, next month uh, at the end of the month called A Taste of Mindfulness. And that'll actually be in Santa Barbara, California at a yoga studio called Yoga Soup. And it'll be an evening of uh, guided meditation, uh, mindful eating exploration, and some uh, tastes of some of my healthy treats from my cookbook. Um, and then last but not least, for now anyways, we have the Alternavita Fall Retreat coming up, which is a bit down the road, but um, we'll be hosting another wellness retreat in Puerto Rico in October where um, I will be uh, helping co-facilitate and offering some of my, my gifts there as well. Wonderful. Those all sound like great events. Uh, the one in Santa Barbara sounds really enticing <laughs> for everyone yeah. who's there. That sounds great. Well, thank you, Luna. That is all the time we have for today. So I would like to thank you very much again for sharing your amazing healing practice and your wisdom with us. You're amazing. And I hope you're able to touch many lives with your work. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. And it was a pleasure being on the show. Thank you so much again. And next week, our guest will be Shaman Joel Burrow. Shamans have a great deal to teach us about the interconnectedness of all living things and reverence for all of the life forms around us. So until then, let's scoot over to Twitter at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm.